0: I am extremely excited. I've got a special guest here today at AES Nation. And we're always talking about how can we accelerate our success and really make a difference in the world? Well, I've got an entrepreneur who's making a huge difference in the world, and he's extremely well qualified to do it. Uh, Mark Donahue is an amazing lifetime entrepreneur. I I met him at Peter uh, Diamandis' Abundance 360 program. And Mark was on stage assuring what he's doing from an ex- exponential side. And you can understand why he's considered an expert in strategy and design and teaching software, all this, you know, along with impact investing. And um, looking at my notes, because I mean, there's so many things. I just want to highlight a couple of things. One, he was a past entrepreneur in residence and then a senior fellow in social engineering at Babson College for a total of eight years, where he graduated as well. And and then, uh, you know, a big honor in 2011, uh, Mr. Donahue, Mark was honored as one of the top, uh, you know, top top 100 American thought leaders in trustworthy business behavior. You know, and, and one of the, we we get asked so often when I'm talking about who you'd like to have on, you know, you want people that are going to help you really make a difference. And touch in Mark's case, he's going to be touching over a billion lives, and doing it in a way that's going to have amazing, amazing impact. And I want him to share with us what he's doing, so you can see what's applicable in your business as well, and make that huge impact that you want. I'm John Bowen. I am co-founder of ES Nation. It's accelerating entrepreneurial success. It's all about having you take off. So make sure. Stay tuned, because you don't want to miss a single word here. Ordinary success? No way. You
1: want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs.
0: Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. Aes Nation, mark i am so excited that you're here with us today uh first of all thank you for joining us thank you yeah it's it's a lot of fun you know we got a quick chance to meet at peter's uh mastermind group and he brought you up on stage because you are doing some amazing things and you know you've learned a lot of life lessons you're applying them what I'd, i'd love to do is get a little before we dive into all that get some of the background of yeah, you know, how you got to where you are today, because all of us want a little of that framing so that we can really dive into your life lessons.
1: Well, I started at Babson College, uh, graduated in 88 and 87 at the school. I uh, had rather a precocious insight into a long class family. I realized that it would to be worth 25 million when I was 60 years old than a billion. Which sounds odd, but uh, as the saying goes, life's about a way of traveling, not reaching a destination. And I decided to focus my career on the conscious use of capitalism to create regenerative solutions to both society and the planet. And that's defined my career.
0: Now, it really, you know, this is something I think that's so important for all of us is that, you know, we, we, I have the privilege of studying the super rich we call 500 million and above and I can tell you you know that I mean money does buy I don't know if it buys happiness but it does insulate from some pain but after a certain level you know it it doesn't really make a huge difference and it's it's not all about the scorecard of money you know we're in business not for more business we're in business to support the quality of life and so each of us have, you know, has a different perspective on that, Mark. And I, I really appreciate yours. I'm, I'm more aligned. You know, some of the times, particularly at Abundance 360, I'm sitting there listening to some of the guys who are, are probably not quite as aligned. You know, and they not only do they want to touch a billion people, but make a billion dollars. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's why capitalism works. We all have to decide what we want to do. But you end up giving up some of the things along the way when you do that.
1: Well, that's so, uh, that's so true, John. And uh, I would just say that one thing uh, that I realized uh, along the path here uh, is that uh, sustainability is about sustainable profitability. And so when one's doing an impact enterprise or has social purpose, a purpose beyond self, uh, clearly one has to create a sustainable enterprise. In fact, one of the core lessons of my career is the first mission of management survival. If you don't survive, your results don't get to multiply.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that I I do want to touch on, Mark, why don't we do a little definitional? What what is sustainable uh, business now? I mean, because it kind of means different things to different people. And what's it mean to you and, you, you know, what you'd like your fellow entrepreneurs to be thinking?
1: Well, there's a whole spectrum here that has uh, evolved, particularly over the last uh, 30 years. For example, the investment factor called socially responsible investment. Oftentimes today it's called impact investing. Impact is just about investing in things that are doing good, whereas socially responsible investing includes what's called a negative screen, which is avoiding things that are doing bad. Uh, there are other aspects of what we call conscious capitalism, whether it's called green, or clean tech, uh, or social responsible business, corporate social responsibility, uh, environment, social governments, SG, a lot of terms here. Yeah, at the end of the day, the biggest way to look at that is that you have a model of stakeholder relations. There are different stakeholders in every enterprise. And it's not solely the profit of the shareholder. Every enterprise, whether it's incorporated or in any entity or not incorporated, has a responsibility in the ecosystem that it lives. I mean, what, what's the most valuable asset in every corporation for its infrastructure, its success, and its capital? It's the air we breathe, it's the planet we live on, it's the water we drink, it's the uh, subsistence of creating a, a, a foundation for enterprise. So, if we're not aware that we have obligations back to that system, again, in a multi-stakeholder approach, then there's, just to finish a little bit of this, download on that classic term for the last 30 years, the people, profit, and planet. That's another way to look at it, the CP. And so that means that you're not just looking at the single financial impact of profit, you're looking at your impact on your people both in your enterprise and beyond. That expands the stakeholder model, including the planet being a stakeholder. This, as I said, Perhaps the largest investor in every enterprise of our listeners today is the planet itself because without that, what would we have?
0: Well, and one of the things, Mark, it's kind of interesting. Yesterday, uh, I was in uh, New York. I flew home late uh, at night and it was really, I was with one of the largest firms and they were sharing with me their strategy for the next few years. Uh, I do a lot of consulting and coaching in the uh, uh, financial services industry and they, you know and the many trillions of dollars are one of the biggest players and one of the things that we were talking about is exactly what you were talking about uh, today you know the impact investing and it's for a lot of entrepreneurs you you, you may this may not be something that you're interested in but I can tell you, a lot of people around you are, and uh, you know, it's it's very important. The amount of we we're t- we we're going over a little bit of research, not ours, uh, theirs, but on RFP requests from both family office and institutional investors, and it's almost now without exception, you know, the financial requirements are, you know, mm-hmm. to what degree are you sustainable and and it's and you know and then it goes further from that too in many cases so this is something i think you know as fellow entrepreneurs we need to pay attention on you know obviously we can do it you know in our enlightened self-interest it's probably good that the earth is still here i mean that's there 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 are certain requirements that uh, are very important but you know again if, if you're raising capital i gotta tell you you don't have a choice you need to really be thinking about that as well uh, Mark, you know, before we move anything else on that side, I want to, you know, you, you do a lot of work on, uh, sequencing I want to go into that next, but I just want to make sure we covered, you know, the, well, I,
1: I would just, uh, say John that, uh, you know, some people look at the area of impact or progressive capitalism, again, whatever term one wants to use and rather silo it. and. I do believe that when one looks at the nature of what makes people happy, whether that's the CEO or your team, uh, one finds that the nature of nature is that one needs that purpose beyond self. And we've seen that in hundreds and hundreds of psychological studies over the last 50 years, Uh, you know, obviously look forward. So purpose beyond self doesn't mean you're giving away the kitchen sink. Uh, to uh, recklessly spend corporate assets but what it does mean is that when you have purpose beyond self and you're actually energizing and to give to others to share to others even as you might be creating billions of dollars of assets it creates a more fulfilling life and that's the decision i talked about making in 1987 and really today many more people are seeing that not only in their own path but in their investing path and also in your purchasing path. Remember, you spend those dollars. That's what really is evoked with your dollars the time you spend.
0: Now, and this is something that, you know, each fellow entrepreneur has to make their own decisions. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, Mark. I, I went and uh, one of the things I work, I had the privilege of working with a few Nobel laureates in economics and and uh, they didn't have it when I first started working with them. then they uh, got it. Uh, and you know so I'm fairly analytical and one of the things that when we look at this you know uh, quite honestly I mean depending on how you look at it we're not seeing a penalty for impact investing we're not also seeing a big premium for it either and and so there's an opportunity here because, you know, when you can do well and still do well, I'm a big believer in that. There's no, you know, th- this and then I think it's going to become even more important going forward as people become more aware of it. You know, as I mentioned, most institutional investors, this is all but a requirement. And we're gonna see more and more, I tend to i live in Silicon Valley, I'm in Northern California, this is prevalent. Where I grew up in upstate New York, not a big part of the conversation. So, you know, again, what markets you're working with, how your personal beliefs are, but you know, I'm a big believer, Mark, and I know you are too, is that we're in business not for more business. We're in business to support the quality of life we want, and that's for all stakeholders. And, you know, this is where it really comes together. Mark, let's dive into sequencing. You know, tell me what you mean by that, because this is one of your expertise.
1: Well, what I found through my years of entrepreneurship and over 20 different ventures and advising, you know, certainly over 50 CEOs and, having taught entrepreneurship perhaps in college, is that a key area where people don't achieve their full potential is by doing the right actions but out of sequence. And when we start looking at selling progression, for example, just as a simple uh, way to, to bring the, the viewers into this, you know, obviously, you just don't you know, come out and just ask for an order generally from a customer. I mean, there are situations where that's appropriate. There's a whole sequencing, all kinds of building trust, uh, building understanding, and uh, the customer seeing need, and, uh, and then realizing you have a solution, and realizing you have the best solution, overall, with their need, given all consideration. Well, you know in those sales progressions, there's so much sequencing, and if you don't get the subtlety of it, that's what makes the great salespeople great. And yet, then we look at so many other aspects in enterprising where people in their organizational communications, uh, in their relationships, uh, even in areas that could be something like investor relations, stakeholder relations, uh, board relations. The sequencing aspect, some people just either because they have a lack of patience or a lack of skill, or just a bursting forth of their full creativity. Sometimes it's, as Lao Tzu said uh, back uh, you know, 400 BP better a foot behind than an inch too far ahead. And when you're standing on the edge of a cliff, you understand what an inch too far ahead is. And most entrepreneurs, through me know, are standing on the edge of a cliff where they realize a lot. So it's really good to have your sense of sequencing and balance as you move the perilous nature of entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think this is one of those, uh, you know, I'm going to use a dating analogy for a guy who's just about ready to celebrate his 38th year marriage. So I'm not sure it's a good analogy, but, you know, it's, you know, we, we think as we're looking to attract someone, you know, think of in business so often we're, you know, diving into kind of you know, a formal relationship right away. We expect that. And so many entrepreneurs are quick starts, uh, Mark. You know, the the guys you know and I know and many they're, you know, they're boom, boom, boom and business. And, you know, if we take the time, there's that nurturing, sequencing and building up You know, you may not have it for a dollar widget, but, you know, many of the people here, you know, we're we're doing very large transactions and and it does get frustrating because, you know, so often, you know, you can solve a critical problem, but you got to bring the people along. And Mark, Mark, how, how do you see somebody that, you know, isn't good at this doing this well now? I mean,
1: well, sometimes that's just about taking a breath. Uh, Sometimes, uh, for example, uh, things can get out of alignment in emails, too. People too often text and email today, and I really do need to remember the power of picking up the phone. This comes to one of my core teachings of entrepreneurship beyond sequencing, which is resonance. So, how do you actually create resonance within your team, resonance with your investors, resonance with your customers, resonance with your stakeholders? The first foundation of that is really creating trust. And we saw that, for example, in the Google Ventures uh, study a couple of years ago when they couldn't find correlations of what determined which of their ventures were going to be most successful and which ones weren't with the initial study. And then they came back and they approached it again with a different team, started looking at other factors like organizational trust to express yourself ability to fail in an organization and feel safe, the ability to express your passion. Those are all about creating a space for resonance. And that leads to more creativity, leads to more humanity, more passion. Also, more purpose oftentimes comes out and more insight. And what we oftentimes find is that those insights lead to, you know, solving the great problems because really entrepreneurship is about problem-solving, and when we look at uh, today's crisis, so to speak, and that one could argue that the greatest period of crisis in human history, certainly uh, I, I talk about that and write about that, and yeah, we also have the greatest powers now coming into human hands. The crisis are really the greatest opportunities of all time, the greatest crisis and the greatest opportunities, and this is really where the resonant the additional insight, the building of trust, the co-creativity starts to create new pathways to success.
0: Yeah. The, you know, it's, it's so interesting because, you know, we, we live in a time where there, there's certainly no shortage of challenges politically, economically and socially. And, and we could keep on adding more and more in the speed with which we're doing this. And, you know, I, I thought it was kind of interesting, Mark, how you talked about, you know, the ca- uh, creativity, passion, and insights, and so much of that being around creating an environment with trust, you know, uh, relationships with trust, uh, residents. And, you know, the, the thought process I have, and, and this is something for all of us as entrepreneurs to really uh, make sure that we're thinking through and, You know, if we want to do great work, You know, we need to create that environment where there is a trust between the the various parties so that we can really, you know, take advantage of the creativity and passion. And, you know, I think of like when in my most high performance groups and I think right now, you know, I've got an unbelievable team for multiple businesses and, you know, just that trust and, and part of it is even the new technology because none of us are in the same offices anymore. It's a virtual companies and there has to be a huge amount of trust to make this all work and the creativeness that's coming out of this and the impact that we can have, you know, how how do you see stimulating that, you know, Mark and you know in the businesses you've you know worked with both in, you know, in at Bapsin and your business relationships, the ventures you have, you know, you're creating these teams. You know, h- how do you get that trust so that they can really realize their full potential on creativity and make that big impact?
1: Well, part of that's about corporate culture and uh, creating the space, as I said, for failure. But doing this in rapid iteration. One of the core teams I have in entrepreneurship last 20 years become very popular today is test, test, test and fail fast. We know these terms. Another key teaching here is adaptability because today we're in a new era with exponential. The radical digitization of so many things from the genome to materials to obviously uh, all sorts of things in data management communications are creating a situation where Is a radical exponential aspect of concentration of power and new models are being born. Radical uh, destruction is also happening. Radical disruption of existing businesses. And so we need to be looking at adaptability also. That's a key thing that humans are not taught well uh, through our old business paradigms. So we come around to that whole quality of trust space for humanity, more resonance, more co-creativity, and looking at that from a mature perspective of proper sequencing and a group of stakeholder relationships versus just an insular, monoculture way of looking at profit, all of a sudden we start to get more ability to learn, more knowledge. Enterprise starts to become more of an integrated organism, so to speak, and therefore, can actually start to get more information more quickly to rapidly iterate because the way that mission, the, the mission management uh, manifests, which is survival, is the first code. One has to adapt, move very quickly today, and needs to be able to create a corporate culture that knows how to move quickly and really learn quickly and test quickly, and that only happens. These foundational aspects that I'm talking about in corporate
0: culture. Well, Mark, I, I couldn't agree more on this stuff. Uh, I knew we were aligned just when we met, but we're more aligned than I thought. And you know, one of the things that's so great in today's world for all of us as entrepreneurs is the ability you know to fail fast. You know, to take test, test, test. I mean, we all think we're real smart, and you know, I hope we're at least reasonably intelligent. But the market's much more intelligent, and the ability to test on small scales and really get market feedback has never been better. And then to you know adapt to what the market wants that you you know, can really serve and is aligned with your purpose. And then all of a sudden, the ability to scale that up is pretty amazing. And Mark, you know, I want to have you talk about kind of the. What you're doing now, I mean, with uh, Life Guides, uh, because I mean, you're you're pulling together something that didn't exist for a need that exists. You're not sure exactly how it's going to play out, but you're able to, you know, the ability to bring unbelievable talent together to make something really happen and solve some of the world's pressing problems is pretty amazing. And you know, this has been a relatively, you know, a lot of you know, it's not an overnight program because you did this all your life, building to it, but, um, you know, very quickly. Well, I've
1: been, you know, fortunate to have had a clear path in life and I connected with my passion uh, coming out of that realization of that in college in the late 80s. That path has uh, led me down a a purpose-driven capitalism road, and yet I really have been waiting for over twenty five years for the one. Uh, many of our listeners saw the movie The Matrix and they're like there's a character in there called Neo, and he's the one. Everybody was waiting for that one to come and shift the system. And I've been waiting for the right enterprise, even though I've done some things that my family of origin would call great my life. I've been very proud of my career. Life guides is the one I've been waiting for. It's the one, so to speak. And so what is life guides? We're creating a platform for caring people to do extraordinary And we believe that life experience is the most valuable asset on the planet. And we're creating a platform to optimize and monitor the value of life experience and empathy, which is obviously a huge multi-billion, even trillion dollar opportunity. And so the question is, how do we do that? We have a matching platform, which is part of the reason why the founder Match.com is one of my business partners and board members and investors. This matching platform matches up somebody who has been through a very specific life experience, like dementia of a mother, or having a first-time child, or opiate addiction of a loved one, or perhaps cancer of a loved one herself. Matches them up in a very targeted way with somebody else who they choose from a group of numerous guides that have real life experience in that area and want to give them gifts, want to share their knowledge, want to bring forth their purpose, and even want to help heal themselves as a guide to make their suffering or struggle that they went through to learn their lesson have more meaning, and and that. Platform of matching and guiding clients, we found to be enormously well received. We're in the earlier days of building that business to scale, and yet our goals are to broadly reduce suffering for one people, billion people on the planet within 15 years. We also want to create 25 million jobs in that period of time that cannot be replaced by autonomous systems or artificial intelligence. And these are foundational to our business. Yet also, like I said earlier, sustainability is about sustainable profitability. We have a very clear goal to make this enterprise with a minimum of a billion dollars over the next 10 to 15 years also. All of these goals we can accomplish partly because we have a great idea. But I will just say one of my core lessons of business is that great ideas are dime a dozen. It's all about execution. The key thing here is they're applying the principles we've talked about earlier in creating a co-creative, highly resonant, highly learning culture of testing and leadership with proven experts in their fields that have come together because of alignment around not only our purpose to help others, but also a reasonable desire to create great success themselves. It's a win-win, a classic profit planning proposition, a classic double bottom line proposition. And we have the best team in my career. I believe we can attain these massive goals, which many speakers call a massively transformative. purpose.
0: Well, let's, let's break it down because, I, I mean, that, it's amazing what you're doing and, you know, the foundation you've already built and, the, you know, the launch you're working on. Mark, and, and I just want to break it down because there, there's a lot that you've done. And, you know, the first part is, you know, looking for that massive uh, uh purpose. And, and one of the things I think all of us as entrepreneurs know, you know, we learn that, you know, as we scale up and we become uh, larger organizations, you know, going out and learning how to do it no longer works. you got to find the who and oftentimes it's a consultant sometimes it's a coach sometimes it's a uh ceo group or a mastermind group but you're you're going out and you know a, a lot of the world doesn't have the resources or opportunity that we do and you've identified that and particularly with today's technology the ability to work collaboratively with you know a huge number of people sharing their experience and you know this really touched me when you were on stage because my wife had had uh, aggressive uh, breast cancer and she's doing great now and we have you know a fair amount of resources so i had no problem getting the a team and we've got you know concierge medicine groups uh global one got, managing everything and you know it just really brought to me had i not had those resources and who, who could i have talked to at a reasonable cost you know what and I've got a neighbor, you know, going through a huge issue with both parents uh, with dementia, and you just go on and on all these life things, Mark, that you know everybody has to deal with. I mean, nobody gets out of life. I got a little skin cancer with this side, so I got a little scar there uh, from a month ago. And why nobody gets out of life unscarred? But we we want to have somebody that we can, you know, who has walked the walk before us successfully that could you know, share with us. And I I mean, that's where I just got so excited with what you're doing, that not only the purpose uh, that just so resonated with me, but also then leveraging the exponential technologies to make it happen.
1: It's so true, you know, we're not an
0: exponential
1: technology, but we're using technologies exponentially. Right. And that's the nature of this matching platform. But also today, You know, our our core audience globally, as we expand globally, ultimately, let's say in three three or four years, it's really anybody with a smartphone. And uh, because we're matching people up on phone calls and backing up that connection, that we're using technology to accelerate human empathy. We're using technology to accelerate human healing. We're using technology to accelerate the sharing of arguably the largest asset on the planet, which is humanity's collective wisdom and life experience and empathy. When you look at the sharing economy version 1.0 which Share My Home, Share My comma, the next thesis we believe of the sharing economy is, how do I monetize my life experience and my empathy in a purpose-driven way that other human beings will value? And the way to optimize that value is through this matching platform, where you know somebody, for example, has a mother going through dementia, And if that, let's say, daughter is 30 years old, that's a very different experience than, let's say, a husband who has a wife going through dementia who's 82. And so that proper matching, there's been different cultural and geographical dynamics. Clearly, our focus is to only have people in a culture like the United States. You, a client or guide, guy, can be in the United States and we expand to... Mexico. Then Mexico. You know, you'd have Mexican, uh, culturally uh, imbued, living people who understand the nature of that society, or in Ireland, or wherever we expand to India. So this matching platform is exponential technology being used for exponential good.
0: Well, and that's that's what I love, and I think all of us should be thinking about in our own businesses: how how do we take advantage? You know, of what Mark's been sharing, you know, because most of us, I mean, some of you are inventing exponential technologies, but most of us are leveraging technologies to grow exponentially, to touch more lives, to make a bigger difference. And, you know, from a capitalism perspective, the more people we can make a huge impact on, the more value we create around the world Um, and the, the opportunities you know, today, I mean, Mark, I forgot, where, where, where do you live now? You're. I live in
1: Florida, north of Orlando, and I live in office in San Francisco.
0: Yeah. And I, and I just think, you know, I'm in Silicon Valley and, you know, just the technology to, you know, the, that's basically free for you and I to collaborate and share our experiences with fellow entrepreneurs is amazing. And, you know, and you're harnessing that in this business for you know, so many different people with so many different challenges and experiences. Well, it's so true,
1: and it's so exciting to me to see how much the guides are outside of our online platform, again, the guides, the moment, the life experiences, all already have been there, done it, gotten to the other side, how excited they are and motivated, and amazingly qualified, and how much they wanna give their gifts. So in reality, some ways, they're getting more out of the platform than even the client side that's going through the struggle and the suffering now. But the bottom line is both sides of the marketplace are getting a unique value proposition. And as you said so well, John, earlier, when your wife had cancer, you had the resources to get the support you needed. We built a platform that's affordable for middle America or whatever country we ultimately expand to that is affordable for the average person to really have human-to-human, personalized experience support in their biggest struggles. Because we know that if you're between 21 and 70, classic adult age, in a developed market like the United States, less than 20% of their struggles and suffering comes from health conditions. Mm-hmm. I've never had a health condition. Most people I know at my age really haven't. Maybe they have a parent that has, maybe, God forbid, they had a child that had an illness the reality is that most of the struggle and suffering in our society, over 80 percent, comes from this sector we've named as life challenges. And life challenges, therefore, is a new source code for health and wellness and well-being. If that's the key source of stress for the majority of our society, we can start to address that with society's existing resources because we have the experience to do it. Then we can reduce stress in the entire system of our culture. And stress leads to things like lack of creativity, depression, uh, alcoholism, obesity, all sorts of illnesses. You know, the list goes on. So we're foundationally trying to create a regenerative society with resources that already exist that just simply needed to be matched up.
0: Well, and it's, and it's so, I mean, you know, let's just take one of those life challenges opiates uh you know and the heroin addictions all around the uh country and you know I, I just can't imagine anything to have a loved one going through that and you know and it really touches almost every life you know extended families or somebody you know and it's just and you you're, you're lost you don't know what to do and you know, certainly people with resources can hire organizations and all that and rehab and so on. But having somebody with that empathy, I think is just make a big difference. And that's what we're all looking for in business is how can we create that value? And particularly what I like, Mark, this is so sustainable from a, you know, a business standpoint too. Um, Not only is it making a great difference, but I'm pretty sure there are gonna be more life challenges no matter how good your business does. Well,
1: it's so true and unfortunately, as I say, one of the greatest growth enterprises of our era is human suffering. And therefore, as I said earlier, the greatest crisis of our time are the greatest opportunities. So we're addressing that growth market and we are creating a solution that is very differentiated, and not only on price, the nature of the entity that's built in to our product.
0: Now, mark, and how could our fellow entrepreneurs learn more about your uh, business and what you're doing as you progress through your journey?
1: Well, you know, simply uh, go to lifeguides.com, and uh, also anybody can feel free to email me. It's mark, M-R-K, at lifeguides.com. Uh, we also are going to be launching a whole corporate benefits layer for our offering uh, this fall. We have tremendous interest in that, so there might be employers out there that are saying, hey, I'd like to offer my employees a culture of caring. And for example, for around $85 a year, not a month, an employer could offer support in 15 or 20 more life challenges with real human-human support. This is so much beyond anything that exists in the corporate benefits market today. And for those employers that are concerned about retention, recruitment, uh, creativity, let's face it, you know, today in America, there are 37 million people who are working who are caregivers of another human being. Think about that number. There are 17 million adults with children that have a chronic severe illness. You start going through the list here. It's not just how many people have a loved one with an opiate addiction. Well, what about if your employee is caregiving, their mother who has dementia as a primary with The average hours per week of that are 22. What does that do to that employee's ability to really show up fully for work and fully creative and rejuvenated? And so we really want to support them in a very affordable model. And for employers we are launching this The benefits layer because it is so important to the employers to be able to support your employees in this way at a very normal cost.
0: Now, Mark, I want to thank you. This has been extremely valuable. And you know, I want to just do my key takeaways for my uh, fellow entrepreneurs. I mean, there's a whole bunch. I'm looking down my notes, I got all kinds. But you know, the big thing is you know we we talk about having a purpose beyond ourselves. You know whatever our business is, what what can we do that's going to get us excited? Because as you have more and more success what happens, you know getting up just to make more money is not very exciting, but to you know really make a difference and that sequence is, is so important is really think through you know the cycle of the conversation because that's what we're looking to have is conversations with people that we can solve their problems and really make a difference you know use today's technology first to adapt and really get the solution you know let the marketplace tell you and you know, fail quick (laughs) i mean i i never liked that line fail quick but the reality is you just test 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 very small. I mean, I'm running some tests now on just a little marketing campaign for $5 a campaign per day. And you can just, you know, get so much information so quickly before you scale up to something that's very substantial and, you know, build that environment uh, for creativeness. And Mark, I mean, this has been great. You know, I wish you the best of success in making a huge difference in a billion people's life. All the best. Let's go Make a difference. Thank you, John. Exceptional, remarkable
1: breakthroughs. AES Nation.